Vegas Nation podcasts are sponsored by Station Casino's STN Sports. Download the app today and get a bonus up to $500 when you sign up. You're listening to Vegas Nation. It's time for Takeaways with me, Heidi Fang. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Takeaways edition of the Vegas Nation podcast. I'm your host, Heidi Fang. Joined today with one of my whole favorite people, a whole person on the planet, that's Miles Cinnamons, joining me from Pro Football Talk, the PFT Talk, and Peter King podcast. It's such a pleasure to have you on today, Miles. Thank you for coming on to join me. Uh, I am always happy to join you, Heidi. You know that. It's like coming home again. Yeah, and I'm really excited to have you here, one of the originals of the Vegas Nation podcast. And before we get into everything here today, Miles, I got to thank the sponsors. We're brought to you by Station Casinos, STN Sports. Download the mobile app today. We're also presented to you on Blue Wire Podcasts. And again, Miles Simmons joining me. The reason I wanted to have you on is because you are a national voice now. You know what's going on with everything from the combine to perceptions of things and free agency. So one of the things that I wanted to start off with is Lamar Jackson. I wondered why people aren't really, I know they can't talk about it until March 15th, the open free agency date, but Lamar Jackson, I would think would be so sought after that you wouldn't see an immediate knee jerk reaction from so many teams saying, especially quarterback hungry teams saying we're not interested in Lamar Jackson. Now, what do you think that is? Is it the perception of the Deshaun Watson money that presumably he wants? I think it's a lot of things, Heidi. And I don't know that it's any just one thing, but I do think it's weird when you have somebody and the, the non-exclusive franchise tag is placed on him and that's Lamar Jackson, right? And so that means that he can now go out and negotiate a new deal with other teams that the Ravens would have the right to either match that deal Or if they don't want to match that deal, then they would be able to accept two first round picks in exchange for Lamar Jackson. I mean, I would think that there wouldn't necessarily be people trying to break down his door in order to sign him. But I, I did find it just odd that you had team after team after team leaking to the media yesterday as we record this on Wednesday. Yesterday was Tuesday. That after, you know, Lamar Jackson, they know he's going to be out there on the market. They just basically said, now we're not interested. The Panthers, the Falcons, I mean, the Dolphins, it makes sense because the Dolphins technically are not eligible to even sign him to an offer sheet until after the 2023 draft because they don't have a first round pick. Okay, I mean, you also have I mean, but all these teams that are saying, no, we're not interested Especially after last year, you saw so many teams kind of fall over themselves in pursuit of Deshaun Watson. I don't understand it. You don't have the concerns that you had with Deshaun Watson where he was facing a suspension for the allegations of sexual misconduct and assault. And this is somebody that, yes, he's had a couple injury issues, but Lamar Jackson's a model citizen. For by all accounts, right? He is an, a, a past MVP award winner. And so I, I don't know. I'm, I'm a little baffled by it. And it's something that we got to continue to dig into over the next few days and, you know, week, whatever it happens to be before free agency actually opens, because it, it is, it's a very bizarre thing to me. 
And like you mentioned the injury, I realized that over the past two seasons, he's been able to play 12 games a piece. So obviously a 17 week uh, seasons that's difficult to kind of accept from a GM standpoint or owner standpoint and wondering where is he at in terms of injury, but he's also on the younger side of things. He's 25, 26 years old, right? right? So going into that and thinking if I could lock him up for five years and have a Lamar Jackson until he's 31. That's like the prime years of his career. And then still a position where you can try to build him and mold him into your offensive scheme. So like you said, for me, it was a little bit like, why are they just saying no so quickly? And I know the Raiders were on that list, which is why I wanted to start off with that because you would think the Raiders could do that but there's this question about escrow money if he wants that much guaranteed like how does that work so the vast majority of the con whatever guaranteed money that you get in a contract right so this is like funny money number that i'm just making this up out of thin air to be clear i'm not reporting anything so say if you were going to give somebody a contract and they had 150 million dollars guaranteed in that contract 150 million dollars has to go into escrow cash right so that money is set aside so that you can't do anything else with it because it is guaranteed money now when it comes to the raiders there is some thought and this probably is true that mark davis is not as cash flow rich as some of the other owners Right. I mean, if you have, you know, Stan Kroenke, for instance, right, okay. or the, the Waltons that now or Walton Pinner Group that now owns the Denver Broncos. These are some of the most cash rich owners in all of sports, let alone just football. David Tepper is another one with the Carolina Panthers. So they can put, you know, 150, 200 million dollars in escrow. And so I saw Tashawn Reed of The Athletic. He tweeted something basically like this, that last year, you know, you had the Raiders commit what, 150-ish million total to players, right, and guaranteed money. Now, and if you're going to go after Lamar Jackson, you're probably upwards of 200 million guaranteed on one contract. And that's really what the difference is, right? So if this happens to be, you know, Raiders interested, not interested, what have you, there is reason for them to have interest in Lamar Jackson. But knowing or thinking rather, at least because we don't really know exactly what Lamar Jackson wants because Lamar Jackson hasn't come out and said it. Thank you. And also he doesn't have an agent. So it's hard to deal with it from that perspective because the agent is not putting out, you know, narratives, if you will, or the desires of the contract um, that would be for his client. So there's all of this. I mean, it, it it would behoove the Raiders, I think, to at least be interested. And what I don't really understand is why teams are saying they're not interested before they even have a phone call with Lamar Jackson. And that's what and I, I saw, was going to get at. Go yeah, ahead. I'm, I'm sorry. No, I, I saw yeah. an argument too on Twitter that was like, oh, you know, you mean that teams aren't lining up for Lamar Jackson when they already have a quarterback and, you know, they would have to soft pedal that guy if things don't work out with them, if if the Ravens you know, match the contract that Lamar Jackson gets. But we're not really talking about teams that currently have quarterbacks, right? What, what quarterback do the Panthers have? You know, what Desmond Ritter, I understand is the Falcons incumbent quarterback, but really like we're, we're not going to go after an MVP because of Desmond Desmond Ritter's hurt feelings. Same with the Washington commanders. We're not going to go after a quarterback who's been an MVP because of Sam Howell's hurt feelings. You know, if, if you're talking about the Raiders, what quarterback is under contract? I don't even right. know offhand. So uh, Chase Garbers. Just, 
Thank you. Okay. So we're going to worry about Chase Garber's hurt feelings. I don't think so. So yeah, I, I just, I think it's a weird situation. It's a unique situation given that Lamar Jackson doesn't have an agent. And most of the time when guys are as talented as Lamar Jackson and they've accomplished as much as Lamar Jackson has, they don't get to year four, year five without a new deal. I mean, think about what Kyler Murray's agent was putting out there last year, Eric Burkhart with all those little, you know, um, the barely readable statements that kept popping up on Twitter. It's the same thing I think about now where Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert and Jalen Hurts probably aren't going to play a snap of 2023 football without a new contract because they have agents. So it, and I don't want to kill Lamar Jackson for not having an agent. I don't think that's the right thing to do, but it, it's, it's one of those situations where this is why we're here, but I, I still don't really understand the reaction of teams, which is a long answer to a short question, Heidi. I'm sorry. No, this is great you because you're life. touching on things that I had kind of <laughs> listed as follow-ups, but part of it is that, like you said, we haven't heard from Lamar Jackson. We don't know if it's really the guaranteed money that is his concern. That's what's put out there. But has Lamar Jackson ever said, I'm not playing if I don't get $230 million guaranteed over five years? I don't think so. I can't right. remember it, at least. Well, the, the closest we've come is the three ESPN personalities, analysts, reporters, whatever you want to call them, have essentially reported that Lamar Jackson was offered $133 million guaranteed at signing. Okay. And the the latest of which was Stephen A. Smith. He said this on first take a couple of weeks ago, I guess it was now um, that Lamar Jackson was offered one hundred and thirty three million guaranteed at signing. And he said Stephen A. said that, you know, Lamar Jackson's camp had called him and told him that. And so he's just passing along that information. Frankly, he's the third person at ESPN, like I said, in order to put that information out there. One hundred thirty three guaranteed isn't horrific. Guaranteed at signing is really the key phrasing here because there's guaranteed at signing and then there's what the practical guarantees are. Because if you have guaranteed money that then kicks in, let's say two or three days after the new league year and the second year of that contract, right, then that's a practical guarantee. And that could push the guarantees up to 160, 170 million, perhaps. Right. We don't know because we've never seen the full contract proposal that was offered by the Baltimore Ravens. Okay. The, the Ravens have been extremely respectful to at least publicly, you know, in what they have shared and what they have not shared about this negotiation with Lamar Jackson. So like, like I said, guaranteed at signing is one thing, but practical guarantees are another because the Ravens were never going to cut Lamar Jackson after one year. That's just what's not going to happen. So when you throw in the practical guarantees, now I understand, you know, guaranteed at signing is different. And, and I do, especially after what happened with Deshaun Watson, where he's got a five-year, 230 mil guaranteed contract. Yes. If that's what you're looking at and you're trying to compare yourself, 170 million guaranteed even after one season and, and it match that. I, I get that. But again, when you're looking at, when you're comparing what is not an outlier contract, which at this point the Deshaun Watson deal is, especially because Kyler Murray and Russell Wilson came after that. What um, well, Lamar Jackson might have been offered might have been more in line with that. And who knows what would have happened if he had an agent saying, hey, man, this is a really good deal or not. You know, and so, yeah. again, that's why we're in this situation, because there's just a lot of different stuff that goes into it. And I, I hope he does get an agent just because I would like to see somebody like him who I believe to be 
if not top five quarterback in the NFL, at least, you know, top 10, get something that works out for his career because you only have such a short window in the NFL to be able to, like we said, hit that prime at that peak. Meanwhile, you see guys like Daniel Jones get the 160 million, Derek Carr getting the contract that he has with the Saints. So these guys are able to negotiate decent interest, decent uh, pay. And now, I think, what does that do for Jimmy Garoppolo, who it seems the Raiders may still have interest in? Well, they should still have interest in Jimmy Garoppolo for sure. I mean, he is going to be one of the better options there on the market, at least as a bridge quarterback, right? And he is familiar with Josh McDaniels. Josh McDaniels is familiar with him. They can come in, they can do the things that they need to do. And and what it would do, and, and I think the Raiders should still go after a quarterback, You know, in this draft, they're picking pretty high. They have the ammo to go up and, you know, trade some of those assets to get a higher pick if they feel like they need to. Um, But Jimmy Garoppolo kind of allows you to play him and let that other guy sit, marinate a little bit, learn the NFL, learn more of the offense and learn all the complexities and all these different things that come with it. And you have a guy that can at least go out there and win you some football games. I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo he's he's mid you know he's mid-tier what everyone calls mm-hmm. but he can still win you games you know if he's in the right situation um and i think that that would be a good option for the las vegas raiders for sure because aaron Rodgers, it seems like at least at this point and who knows what will happen by the time this thing is released it seems like aaron Rodgers and the jets are kind of circling the wagons around each other and you know they're like looking at each other from across the bar as I mix my metaphors. And eventually they're going to come together and they're going to make out and they're going to make a trade and that Roger's going to be the Jets quarterback. So I, yeah. that seems like it's one thing. I, if I'm the Raiders, I'm, I'm letting that ship sail. And I would rather concentrate on somebody like a Jimmy Garoppolo who I can come in, who I can get to come in and maybe can play or just go back to Jarrett Stidham because frankly, he showed me enough those last couple of games where you think, all right, he can at least be a bridge quarterback. Maybe he didn't play longer than half the season, but if you get the right quarterback in your system as a rookie, then that could be okay too. And you can pass the baton on. Excellent. I want to stop right there. Take a quick break, come back, talk about some combine takes because you were there the whole weekend in Annapolis. I want to break that down. Talk about some of the rookies, what miles Simmons scouting report is right here on the takeaways podcast. Vegas. Get in on the sports betting action and get on the SDN Sports app. With 14 convenient sign-up locations across town at Station Casinos, Wildfire, and El Cortez, you're only a few minutes away from getting started no matter where you are in town. With a huge menu of betting options and points back on your bets, STN Sports is the strongest betting app out there. It's Heidi Fang here, joined with Miles Simmons from Pro Football Talk. You can also catch him on PF Talk with Peter King's podcast as well. Many things he's doing all the time, always busy. Follow him at Miles Miles A. Simmons, excuse me, on Twitter. So, Miles, you were at the Combine the whole week, able to get a look. You can actually look and watch the drills this year. That's new. That's different. First of all, how exciting was that to be a part of that experience? So what's funny, Heidi, I mean, I before. Before I worked for the Las Vegas Review Journal, I worked for the Rams for five years for you that don't know that. And the great thing about going to the combine is team personnel when you're in media is that you can go into the stadium. And so I used to sneak into the bowl 
and watch the drills all the time. So I remember in, you know, 2018, Josh Allen is coming out. He's just, you know, yeeting footballs all the way down the field. And his arm's very impressive. You know, Byron Jones, I remember his really super long, long jump. Miles Garrett had a really impressive combine performance too. So I, I've been able to see some of those things before. And to me, it's never made sense that the media has not been allowed to be in there, especially when fans started to be allowed in there. So it was nice that, you know, now they have this big stadium and there's a section cornered off for media because I, I've never understood why that wasn't the case before. Because you might sneak your camera in there and then give up what they're going to put on the broadcast. It's all uh, about I TV guess so, rights. Yeah, of course. That's what right, I figure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, <laughs> so being a part of this and getting to watch for me, what my big takeaways always are from the combine are being able to speak to the individuals that are being presented on the podiums or at the tables, what have you, and getting to kind of get an idea of where their perception is, where their mind is, what kind of head they have on their shoulders. So you talked about Jared Stidham as a possible bridge quarterback. If you were to keep Jared Stidham on the Raiders, what would you do with that seven pick? Would you kind of trade it, get more picks later on and maybe go after a guy like Hennon Hooker? Or would you try to trade up and try to look at a potential CJ Stroud or Anthony Richardson? Well, I, you know, I, I think Hendon Hooker is such an interesting guy for a number of reasons. I mean, A, I thought he presented very well at the podium, you know, and that's not everything, but it's also not nothing when you also have a Jarrett Stidham who, or excuse me, uh, Stetson Bennett, yeah. uh, who is like a couple podiums away. And my coworker, Shereen Williams, who's been covering the NFL for mm-hmm. the last 28 years, said that in her time at a combine, she's never seen a player come off worse than Stetson Bennett at the podium. Oh. So that tells me a lot about him. And I mean, that guy's got some character issues anyway, but you know, I think when you're talking about a Hinden hooker, yeah, you might be able to get him in the second round, but are you really going to have the upside of an Anthony Richardson? If he's there in the first round, I mean, if, if the Raiders don't trade up and Anthony Richardson is there at seven, I would take him. Because of the upside. I mean, you don't know what the floor is exactly because there's just not necessarily that much tape. Um, And, you know, some of the things that he did in in college were inconsistent. But good coaches a lot of times will say, if I see that a guy can do something once, then I'm going to try to believe that I can coach him up to do that thing all the time. And when you see the highlights of Anthony Richardson, they're absolutely electric. I mean, the, how fast he runs, he ran a four, four, four forty, which is ridiculous speed for a quarterback. I mean, he's got so a couple ridiculous. of 80 yard runs for touchdowns. You know, I saw a play where he's rolling around in the backfield to his right and then fires a really accurate pass into the end zone that, you know, reminded me of something Patrick Mahomes has done that I have seen a Josh Allen has done. Right. So those are the kinds of traits where you're like, man, you are you're sitting there at seven. You might not be able to get all the way up to number one. You might not be able to, you know, scoop past the Colts where they are either. But if Anthony Richardson is there or if some CJ Stroud is there, Will Levis, I'm a little iffy on um, just because of the, the inconsistency. We talk about that. He had that in college and some of it showed up, I thought, in the combine workouts. Um, but like I said, if you can get Richardson, I would do it. I, I would just do it. What were the consistencies with Will Levis? Because that's been a curious name for me, being that we had one year, uh, 2021, where he was great on film, and then 2022, not as great. So what do you think the uh, main and consistent issue is with him that a team would need to really focus on to get him 
to be the true pure starter that has a lot of consistent goodness about him. (laughs) Right. Yeah. I mean, some of it is talent that was around him. Some of it that was coaching that was also around him. Liam Cohen was their offensive coordinator play caller in 2021, went back to the Los Angeles Rams to be the offensive coordinator there in 2022. And now he's going to be back at Kentucky in 2023. So I think anytime you're shifting play callers like that, that also doesn't necessarily help you. Um, His lineup front was not necessarily as good, but also when you look at what he does in the red zone, some of the decision-making has just not been as good as you would like it to be. You know, some of the way, some of how he holds on to the football and some of how he's not necessarily throwing as many touchdowns as you would like on plays. So that's kind of the thing. That's a little bit of the concern that I got um, with uh, Will Levis, especially talking to people around the combine with him. So that's, I think you, you look at him though. And you, you, you see a quarterback, right? He looks the part. He sounds the part when he is talking to the media. He, he understands, you know, he says at the podium, you know, I got a cannon for an arm. I want to show it off. That's why I'm working out. So there are things where you can say, all right, I, I see Will Levis can progress into something, right? Uh, Josh Allen, he had accuracy issues when he was coming out of Wyoming. And it took a couple of years, but those things kind of got worked out. That's the kind of thing where if you look at Will Levis, you might not necessarily get the best of him from day one. But if he can come in, he's got the right coaches around him. He's got the right talent around him. Then maybe he can excel in years two, three and four. All right. So as we continue just to break this down, I have a couple more questions for you here. Anthony Richardson just showed out, like you said, the probability that he's there at seven. Where do you put it at? And I don't know because it, it's it's tough. It, it depends on how much a team wants him versus a Will Levis. I think we all kind of figure that Bryce Young and CJ Stroud will be the first two quarterbacks yeah. off the board, right? Yeah. So, and those two guys may go one, two. Hell, they, they may go one, two, three at quarterback, depending on the way things stack up, right? I mean, if the Bears go out of number one to the Texans and they trade that pick, they swap one and two, which I can absolutely see happening. Yeah then you're probably going to get Bryce Young at one. Now, what happens at two, the Colts may jump up. Maybe the Raiders jump up. You know, maybe the Panthers jump up. All, any one of those teams could do that. And then you've got quarterbacks probably at one, two, right? Well, then what happens at three? I mean, you could still go one, two, three. So there's a lot that could happen. Uh, <laughs> this is a really bad answer, Heidi, but I'm just going to do it. I mean, I'd say do it's it. 50-50 whether he's going to be there at seven. Either he will or he won't. All right, which leads me to my next question of how much capital, if he's really your guy or CJ Stroud is really your guy, like you just kind of broke that down. We know Bryce Young is probably out of the question unless you move to one. So, or two. But (laughs) if the Bears don't deal that one is where I was getting at with that. But if you actually have to package up your picks, because I know what the 49ers did to be able to get Trey Lance. It was four picks and they still have one yet to go. But one of those players that they ended up trading away turned out to be Micah Parsons, to the Cowboys, you know? So if you think about the capital that you have to give up to be able to move up, to get your franchise guy, is it worth it? I think so. Yeah. I mean, as long as you are convinced that that guy really is your franchise guy and you know, where, People think that the 49ers might have messed up is, well, they just got Brock Purdy and look at what Brock Purdy did, you know, but I, you know, I always feel like, and maybe Trey Lance doesn't need me to defend him. He probably doesn't, but I just feel like when you're talking about a quarterback and you know how premium of a position it is 
And we don't really know much about Trey Lance as a pro. We really don't. He played, uh, I think, two games as a starter, as a rookie. And then last year, he played in a monsoon in Chicago in week one. And then he broke his ankle in week two. We don't know. I mean, Trey Lance could have been fantastic by the time we got to week 18 in this last season. But we'll never know that. And the problem, too, is that he didn't play that much college football. He had such a long layoff with college football because of the pandemic, too. And the level he was playing at in North Dakota State. So I still think that Trey Lance can be that guy for San Francisco. He's going to have every opportunity to do it now, especially because um, Brock Purdy is probably not going to be ready until September to play, given the fact that his elbow surgery isn't scheduled until this Friday of this week as we're recording this, Heidi. So I say all that to say, if you can get your franchise quarterback, you can get the guy that you believe can lead you to that promised land and you can grow with them. And listening to Josh McDaniels at the combine, it really sounds like that's what he would like to do. Then I think that that's what you should do. You should do whatever it takes. If it takes three first round picks, fine. If it takes two first rounders and a second rounder and a third rounder and a second rounder from next year, fine. But if you don't have that guy, it is extremely hard to win in the NFL. Look at the two teams that were in the Super Bowl. They know that they've got their guys. And why did the Chiefs win? Well, because their guy was just that much better than Jalen Hurts. So, you know, I mean, Mahomes is incredible and all that. And Burrow's incredible. And you've got Josh Allen also in the conference, who's great. Justin Herbert is in the division and he's great. So you need that guy, especially in the AFC West. And if McDaniels and Ziegler are convinced that one of them is in this class is the guy, then they should go up and do what they need to do and get him. Love it. Great stuff from you as always, Miles. Miles A. Simmons on Twitter. Give him a follow and also keep up with his work on Pro Football Network. Miles, thank you so much for the time. Of course, Heidi, anytime. Thanks, everybody, so much for tuning into this episode of Takeaways. You can check out all three shows that we have throughout the week on VegasNation.com. And also, again, thanks to our sponsors, Station Casinos and Blue Wire Podcast. Again, check out Miles at Miles A. Simmons and on Pro Football Talk at BFT Live and the Peter King Podcast. He's a busy man. So again, for Miles, thank you so much. And I'm Heidi Fang. Thank you, everybody, so much for tuning in. Vegas, get in on the sports betting action and get on the STN Sports app. With 14 convenient sign-up locations across town at Station Casinos, Wildfire, and El Cortez, you're only a few minutes away from getting started no matter where you are in town. With a huge menu of betting options and points back on your bets, STN Sports is the strongest betting app out there.